0: turn to be afraid. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror, at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast.
1: Hello, and thank you for joining us here on the uh, what would have been our first ever live episode of Nerds from the Crypt. Um, it's uh, Saturday, December 21st, and I'm your host, Saul. For those of you who are new to the show, um, we interview indie creators and we review horror movies, series, comics, and and books. Oh. I want to thank, first of all, uh, Travis, for, for being with us still um, after this uh, train wreck this morning.
2: you um, <laughs> your train?
1: Of, of trying to get the live show to work, which never happened. Um, That's all right. It was great. We had 22 listeners. 22 listeners of us just being, hello? 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 Are you in check? Can you see this? And then Travis reading all my IMs. There (laughs) go. So, uh, like we had said, we are going to be looking at uh, four episodes of season two uh, from Tales from the Crypt. Uh, Travis, did you watch Tales from the Crypt? Or is this the... Do you you remember when it first came out?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were you a fan of it? My mother really liked it.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I've I've told this story before, but I, I watched these in syndication on like Fox, like at two in the morning, back in the day when I can stay awake till two in the morning and not suffer the next morning. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: I actually remembered some of these episodes, and I was like, oh yeah,
2: right. <laughs> <That just laughs> seems uh, like not this
0: no.
1: So um, we've already done the majority of of season one. Um, we left out one that I really didn't like, and uh, probably one of the episodes that we talk about today should have been one of those that we left out. But
0: we'll <laughs> oh, I agree.
1: <laughs> we'll get to it. Um,
0: like but there was one episode I was like, "Please, God, kill me."
1: Uh, we'll we'll talk about that as as we go through the through the um, through this episode. Now we each um, chose one episode to talk about um including David but David is um was not able to join us today so um I'll pick up I'll pick up where David was supposed to go ahead and talk about um uh, season 2 episode 1 Dead Right uh this has uh Demi Moore and uh, Jeffrey Tambor uh, Tambor is that how you say yeah. last name all make right. sure so. <laughs> um which pretty much picks up a gold digging secretary who um decides to marry this um big uh, what do they call him? The big man that comes big into man. her life uh, because she hears from a fortune teller that he's going to be inheriting a um, large amount of money before, right before he dies. Um, so of course she decides he wants to go
0: after him. Big man. I'm sorry. That's Jeffrey Tambor in a fat suit. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it was killing me. I was loving him. He was <laughs> awful in that episode, and I loved it. It looked yeah. great.
1: The thing is that I feel like right now, if that would happen again. I think, uh, Telsin the Crypt would have been in trouble for not hiring a an actual big man to play the big man.
2: Oh, they would. Yeah, they. Oh, you're not. You, you need to have a big man be the big man.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you guys watch uh, This Is Us. Well, I guess uh, oh, yeah, Travis yeah. said he doesn't watch doesn't watch TV much, but the um,
2: like killed our dad. I'm sorry. How we killed our father. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that that show. <laughs> um, what's it called? uh What's his name in that show? Dang it, um, the big guy. The big guy yeah, the 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 big guy. He's not really a big
2: man. Oh my gosh! Yeah,
1: he's a tall guy, but he's, he's actually guy. really really fit. And uh, and did they and a, did they put a suit on him. Yeah, they put a suit on him for the first couple of seasons, and, and now this season he's like he's he's just out on all glory, like just like all buff and stuff. Oh wow! But no, but but the first couple seasons, they people were we were kind of saying like, "How dare you put someone in a fat suit?" Um, whatever. But I, I, didn't, I didn't even notice. I didn't him. even know he was in a fat suit. Me neither. Oh wow! <laughs> but um, was... um, but we That's... start the the season with um, Dead Right. It's aired on April twenty first, nineteen ninety, which is actually my wife's birthday. Um, and I'm oh. not gonna say how old she would have been that that. At that, that time, um, that was creepy, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, Demi Moore is, um, what is it? She's re- just a uh, without, I guess, she's walking into this fortune teller's uh, office pretty much looking for something. Um, she tells her what, uh, you're going to be fired today and then you're going to have a new job, but she doesn't believe her, uh, and it happens right away. Um, What did you guys think of, other than Jeffrey Timber, which we already talked about, what did you think of Demi Moore's and the Fortune Teller's um, characters? Uh,
0: Demi Moore is in some really unique outfits in that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like, yeah, that's a a little strange. And the Fortune Teller, teller, she's like in a lot of stuff. I looked her up. She's like in Star Trek. Uh-huh. Really? That character is such a cliche Romanian kind of character. It was a little bit. It was exactly what a comic book character would have been. So I guess it was perfect.
1: She, it's. She, go, go ahead, Gloria.
2: I was gonna say she. I mean, she was definitely like when you. Yeah, like when you think like a uh, fortune teller, she she hit all those notes. It was like, okay, well, is she the way that she came off and, and the portrayal of it was like, all right, she's. She's doing the thing. She's, and you want to like—is she? Is she? Is she faking it, or is she like real in the sense? Right. So, because like sometimes you think like, oh, they're just faking it, just pulling out information and making you believe it. Cold readings. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I don't know. She she just kind of had that that vibe in the way that she portrayed her character.
0: It was uh, it was so. To be honest, it was such a a, a stereotypical stereotype that you could probably take her scenes cut all the stuff out of Moore, and put other people in the scenes from other movies and still get a cohesive <laughs> normal fortune teller romanian woman out of the story out of okay. it
1: i just looked her up for star trek and
2: i did not notice that was her
0: yeah crazy huh
2: <laughs> yeah she's she's a she's a great like um character actor
1: i i feel like this is the once again this is going to be one of those things that if this came out today um people would be on them for for the um, stereotypical uh what's it called portrayal of 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 a gypsy um i really i just i just i don't know i, I like going back to these because it, it was one of those it was one of those things that you could uh, i, I want to say you i like it and i i, just, I don't know i don't know how to say it because um, I know that nowadays it's not correct to actually portray people being you know this way, but her character is—I I like the character a lot. Um, I think she's she's uh, she's hilarious. Um, she gives you just enough information to make you act a certain way, like what she does with with uh, Demi Moore's character. Mm-hmm. Um, she i she knew exactly what the end was going to happen, but she okay. really didn't. She really didn't want to provide all the information as it went, and and we'll sure. we'll get to to what she actually saw at the end.
2: My my favorite part about her character was when she's sitting on the couch eating the popcorn and the candy with her daughter watching TV. <laughs> Wasn't she like it.
1: working out at one at one point while she was. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, she's just doing just random, like normal people stuff, just spouting off her thing. And she's like, "Give me twenty bucks, <laughs> you know, <laughs> i am paying you this time."
1: Uh, so yeah, so she she gets the um, the prediction right that she gets fired, um, and she comes back to her, and she says, "You are gonna meet uh, a big man that is going to be uh, what you are gonna um, you are gonna be rich shortly after you get married to him, um, but he's not gonna be rich to begin with." So that night, as she starts a new uh, new job as a waitress, she meets uh, Jeffrey Tamper's character. Um, I don't even have their names. I didn't even write their names down. But, I mean, I feel like just you know, calling Charlie them Demi Moore. Moore. Charlie, there you go. Um, big, gross um, guy. um s- slob of a man. And um, God, yes. <laughs> right off the bat, he starts to to hit on her and starts to ask her on a date. And of course, she di- she doesn't realize that this is the the big man that that um, was supposed to come into her life until I, I think the bartender, right, the owner, he's like, "Oh, okay, uh, a shot for the big man or something like that." And she's like, "Hmm, oh, this is the guy I'm supposed to be going after, isn't it?"
0: Yeah, it goes right to that close up where the camera draws into her face as she has the realization. Uh
1: I, I, I call that the the Tales the Crypt um Tales from the Crypt shot. I think everything, I think almost every single episode has that shot.
0: realization shot, yeah. Oh,
1: okay, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so she realizes this is the guy, and right away it, it goes into like the surreal kind of um, with them dancing, uh, uh-huh. Jeffrey Tambor dancing. Oh, what, what kind of dance is that? Uh, I don't know. I remember
0: like, you being in a fat suit and I was dying laughing.
1: Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. he's pretty nimble. He even says that right? he's. I'm pretty nimble for being a big for a big guy. Yeah. Um,
0: he's so good in this. It's so terrible. It's so good.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's one of those actors you can watch in anything though, and just be like, all right, I'm I'm there. I'm cool. You do your thing, dude. <laughs> uh
1: she's talking to her friend about about um about Charlie, and they're like they're trying to think about how he's gonna die. And they think about two or three different ways he might he might um bite it. One being was, he gets hit by a car.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that was odd, huh? Like that that's that was so left suddenly in that episode, guys. I don't know if you guys got startled by that, but I was like, wait, what just happened? I <laughs> uh I
1: I'm just because I'm I already know it the crypt, I feel like like I wasn't I wasn't surprised by it um when I first saw it. But uh, what he gets hit by a, a regular car, and yeah. then they they joke that that probably wouldn't do it because he's so big, yeah. and oh then they <laughs> they show him get hit by a by a big truck, and he just goes flying. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, no, he's probably gonna end up like, choking on a piece of steak or something. Yeah, and that, is, that part's gross. Um, but he, I guess they end up going on a couple of dates. They end up getting married. Um, cause she kind of pulls out the information that he has a rich uncle with a bunch of factories. So she's some, she, I guess she thinks that this is where he's going to get the money out of if in case something were to happen, he's going to get the money from, from this rich uncle.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: we see married life. Um,
0: married that to Jeffrey Tambor. You go ahead. Is, uh, you just said the married, our married life. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> god. Yeah
2: so
1: gross (laughs) so yeah so the uh we we get that that overview of married life um being married to charlie um with demi moore's character just really just not really um not digging it um cleaning around and this guy you know for this this guy to be to be married to to someone like demi moore and, and him being this big old slob he doesn't really do much to try to like Stay on her good side, he kind of just like pushes her around, like, Hey, you miss a spot, clean that spot over there. Um, she shows him cooking for them, hoping he's gonna die one of these days, and it never happens. Comes to this rela- realization that, um, her his uncle is a married man with a family, so pretty much she's never gonna get the money.
2: <laughs> never,
0: Can uh, I pause- real quick, because you skipped the scene that, yep, that was horrifying. He does. Try to warm up to her when he wants to get her in bed, and that is awful. That's uh, mean. Home, come on, baby. He's doing his voice, his fat guy voice, uh, like where you can hear his jaws reverberating back against his <laughs> throat. Yeah, this is, this is what you get as a reward to me crawl under my folds.
1: What do you say? What, uh, like, uh. Don't take that aspirin. You just need a full full dose of Charlie. Uh, Charlie. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Jesus, this guy's
0: a pig. I
1: <laughs> so, I mean, they could have just made him be a sympathetic character or something like that. But uh no. In the in the whole uh Tales in the Crypt vein, now uh, he is not only is he a big slob of a man, he's also um a pig. He's also really bad. Um I wouldn't say a bad man but he is uh he's not the the person you would want to hang around with a lot yeah no
0: they do say that where you're like okay with him dying
1: yeah <laughs> like, well, well that's the thing yeah. about tells in the crypt a lot of the people you meet on tells in the crypt you're like yeah they deserved it <laughs>
2: Yeah. You know, he's a bad
1: yeah he's, he's bad enough. um i think she does she go she goes to talk to the um uh, to the, the the fortune teller again at this point, because she finds out that, that he is not going to get the money from, from this guy. So she, he goes and she goes and, and tells her off, goes to the store and becomes the one millionth customer for this store, gets $1 million for being with the one millionth customer. Um, goes and pretty much says, I am out of here, uh, Charlie, Um, uh, which he decides that if he can't have her, no one can and decides to, uh, to kill her. Um, which actually profo- uh what's called, um completes the the prophecy he what's it called um inherits her money and then mm-hmm. is put to death shortly after because of her murder
0: in a violent way
1: in a very yeah. violent way yes yeah, yeah yeah, and what the funny part is uh when are th- the news- news um reporters talking about his final meal, they're mm-hmm. like and we are told that this is the largest final uh, final meal that any oh. person's ever had. <laughs>
0: They just rub in how fat and gross he is. <laughs> yep. Even when they're putting the stuff on him to prep him to be fried, um, they yeah. didn't make a deal about how big he is. He just just just, just give you an idea of his size. You're like, Oh, I'm surprised they didn't say something like, We had to get a special chair made for his ass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they just rubbing it in. Did you guys happen to notice though that it's like I was shocked they didn't I didn't feel like there was any warning that took place in the fifties. Until like we're watching it and I realize there's a fifties police car in the background, but then a nineteen eighty-five like Reliant drives by huh? in the background and you're like they're in the fifties, but people are driving minivans in Reliance from the eighties. I,
1: I didn't uh, even I didn't even uh, notice what year it was supposed to take in.
0: It's in like it's like nineteen fifty five or something like that. It took me I was like, no one talks like this. The only people that talk like this <laughs> are in movies about a time period that never really oh that's what's going on. The yeah. only person
1: that talks like this is Jeffrey Tambor in a in a uh, fat suit.
0: Uh, yeah. or actually, uh, or was it Earl Bowen who is the cop from Terminator that drops a cigarette? Uh. <laughs> the cop from Terminator Two. Remember, his cigarette falls out when the puppy dog comes to the. Bo- oh, wait, that's a meme. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a meme. But, but yeah, yeah, he's in it. He's her boss at the beginning. He's in it all of ten seconds, and as soon as you see him, you're like, I know that guy. But he talks the same way. He's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. It's the 50s. Everyone talks snide and witty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Final thoughts on Dead Right.
0: That was my favorite one of the f- ones we watched. I, I, I feel like this is one of the, the
1: from when I first watched it back in in the, I would say, early 90s. I would say I this came out in 1990. I didn't see it until 92, 93. Um, on, like I said, on Fox. This is one of the the episodes that I, I always remember when I think of Tales from the Crypt. Might have been one of my first ones. It might have been because I did more. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, but this is one of my my favorite episodes of of um, Tales from the Crypt. And one of my the my my favorite episode is yet to come. But we'll we'll talk about that when it comes here. I'm going to call dibs on that one, no matter what. Um, <laughs> no matter who we have on that that episode, we'll I'll call dibs on it.
2: Seagull from oh. Finding Nemo.
1: Mine, mine.
2: The, the. Uh, I would say like the people who put this together for production wise and stuff like that when they are putting when they are putting the show together or like the series together for this launch for season two were, were so genius in making this the first episode. Such a good hook episode because, it's got it's got the heat. You got Demi for the heat. You got Jeffrey for the the funny. You know, it's got the dark, the dark humor and everything like that. But it's a solid episode through and through. It's it, it, the pacing and stuff like that is is great. You you know, the the gypsy fortune teller definitely gives the uh, all the, the background humor, um, the check in funny from beginning to end. And it's one of those episodes that, like you said, it's it is totally just like a, a great episode. And they couldn't have had a better anchor for, for the first beginning of the season for the hook. Um,
0: I was going to point something out about this episode that I caught on to when I was I was watching it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, a lot of these people all know each other from previous major projects. Ah. And so all these guys had actually worked together recently, including the main producer for the show. And what's interesting is when you look at that, did anybody notice the music for the episode? Oh. It's different than all the other episodes we watch. Okay. And it does this like synth fifties feel to it, but like with synths and electronics. Uh Uh-huh. And so I went back and I looked at the producer and I went looked back and looked to who was all in this together. And it's a bunch of people kind of surrounded around like uh James Cameron. And Hmm. but but more interesting is as far as I can tell. This is the only episode James Horner did music for. Interesting. Hmm. Does anyone know who James Horner is?
2: I do tell. I,
0: he's one of the most prolific, big-budget, mm-hmm. Hollywood produ- uh, uh, music producers there is. Mm. Titanic, Avatar, Deep mm-hmm. Impact, Masked of Zorro. The list goes on and on. And all these guys, including James Horner, all come out of a film just before, that was done before this episode, including um. the producer... And I think it was Alien or Aliens. I think it's Aliens. A whole bunch of people in the back end of this thing are from Aliens. Interesting. He's probably the... So as a music producer, he's huge. But Mm. he's also the go-to guy, period, in Hollywood for the conductor for any orchestra, orchestra pieces for any major film. Like studios just go, okay, you wrote the piece. Now we need someone to conduct the piece we'll get James Horner to
2: do that that's, gotcha. no, yeah. well,
0: that's cool
2: yeah but I don't know if you guys are I feel like
1: I feel Sorry. like um a lot of the the uh, well we talked about it last time Tell them the crypt um especially in the early seasons it became one of these things where a lot of these actors wanted to be part of it it, mm-hmm. it there's so many cameos there's so many different just people you who you wouldn't think of appearing in the episode um or in, in something like this, appear in in tells them the crypt. They they were asking to be on the on the on the shows. All right. So um, the next episode we're going to talk about um, is Cutting Cards, which is episode three. We had uh, originally talked about episode two, the Switch, and our um, first first time we we did these. So we're going to go to episode three. Cutting Cards appeared on. Also, April twenty first, nineteen ninety. So, um, it's one of those things where the first couple of episodes came out on the same day, just like the first first season. And um, Greg, you this is yours, right?
2: This is uh, I'll I'll do this one. I uh, I probably will uh, stumble through this. Uh, I, my notes are not as great as everyone else's. I'm sure, but uh, the uh, the basic uh, uh, the basic gist of this is uh, you got uh a, a really good um card shark story uh picks up where uh Reno he's coming back to town to check in on his his uh, local uh establishment where uh he goes to gamble and uh he pops in and he wants to pop in on a game and he sees that uh, uh, the game that he was looking for in the the back room has been taken over by another gambler that he knows uh sam who is a uh another another gambler on the circuit which, which
1: i want to go ahead and just jump in real quick played uh reno played by lance henriksen yeah and sam forney forney um played by kevin Ty uh, Tight. Ty- I'm not sure how to say his last name, but I know him from um, from two things or the ones that I really remember him from, Rose Red and from um,
2: Lost. Yes. Sorry. Lost. And, uh, yeah, no. He comes out on a, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, he, I'm trying to think, like, other stuff that, uh, like, I mean, a lot of stuff from the 90s and stuff like that. Uh, if you watched, uh, um, you know, Leverage or Numbers and stuff, uh, I guess in the later 2000s um big into that as well. Uh, Lance Henderson goes uh I guess you could you could run down the list of things that he's been in. Millennium. Oh sim, right?
0: Oh god I messed up earlier. The last crew that worked on that, so it seems to be in crews. I was looking it up on IMDb, sorry. The last the last one we just watched, Dead Right, is all people around James Cameron. This one also has a bunch of people from James Cameron but the director of this is the producer of all the aliens movies and Lance. Miss and The Android. Of course. Yeah. What's his name from aliens, the robot,
1: the Android. Yeah. I forgot okay. his name. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. We all feel that.
1: <laughs> um, okay. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I jumped in there and, and, um, stopped Greg's, uh,
2: flow there. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, hey, it's, it's, yeah. He's millennium, uh, pumpkin head, uh, alien alien super uh just i mean you could you could beauty and the beast you start naming off things that just you know anything that either horror related cagney and Lacey, horrific i mean what no good show um riptide what i mean just all these things so anyways (laughs) what happens is they are they're basically like sam pops in or arena pops in on on this uh on this backroom game. And he's like, Hey, where, where's everybody at? And Sam's like, Oh, I run, I ran them off. They're, they just, you know, they, they just can't, they can't compete with me. I'm, I'm a really good gambler. And Reno's like, no, you're a cheater. I don't deal with cheaters. I believe in luck and the odds. And uh, it's, it's, it's one of those, you know, they're kind of like in a standoff situation, you know, you got, you got Reno, he's a very, He's uh, he's got a lot of machismo going on, and uh, he's one of these uh, guys
1: that he like uh, he wants to be a cowboy. And I think yeah. even Sam calls him out on it. Nick, like, you're, you're redneck cowboy wannabe, whatever, trying to trying to get him into into playing a game that that he feels like he'll he can he can win. Just goading him, guiding yeah. him. I mean, he even calls even calls him out on it. He's like, you're you're just working me. You're working me. Like I, I am, yeah. I am working you
2: yeah just trying to trying to get them into trying to get them into a tussle if you will on the table and uh basically there's a lot of back and forth going on with them on uh how they're you know what are they, what are they gonna do are they gonna you know are they gonna are they going to play cards what are they gonna do and uh yeah they're they're just they can't can't really nail it down to the point where they're finally like they're gonna take it outside well
1: and let me jump in again um yeah at the beginning of the episode we have the bartender come out Oh okay, yeah yeah. and this bart uh he's played by what's his name uh has his name here roy uh brocksmith which i've said before you do not want to bump into this guy on in the crypt uh he's i want to say there's something about this guy um that no matter where he pops up i feel like he's kind of creepy um <laughs> i mean he comes What he comes out in um he comes out in the one that you did last time, which is the the, the collection. He was he was the um. He was in the collection, right? I think so I think he's one of the people that get get stuffed. Oh, oh no yeah, no, yeah. no 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 no. Um, you know where he comes out in where I remember from, Arachnophobia. He comes out in Total Recall. Okay. He comes out in Bill and Ted's um, Bogus Journey. Um, he's come out on a lot of different things, but whenever he comes out on Tales from the Crypt. It's something like it's bad news. Something's gonna happen to the people that he's talking to. He came out on the switch. He was the doctor that was was uh, making the the body switches for the for the old man. Um, like I said, he 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 did appear in uh, numerous episodes of Tales from the Crypt, and uh, just oh, it was just bad news. If you anytime you saw him, it's bad news. Bad guy. So yeah. So what uh, they decide to play? Um, uh, what is
2: it called? A Russian roulette going to go do some Russian roulette because uh uh what is uh Sam says? He's got a 44 out in his, his glove box and they go out there. He pulls it out. And it, at first I like, honestly, like I, the way he's pulling it out of the glove box, I honestly thought like, oh man, you know, like he's going to shoot him in the, shoot him right there in the, in the parking lot. Cause there's a lot of tension. They, they, they obviously like, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because like they, they there's so much disgust and distrust between the two because they're two. You know, obviously, they both they both love playing cards. They both love gambling, but they also hate each other and the way that they do it. Right? They, they so, love
1: um, putting uh, one up on, on each other.
2: Yeah, they, there's definitely that one upsmanship. So uh, so Reno's like, hey, I don't trust you. I'll, I'm gonna load the barrel. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the bullet. I'm gonna spin the spin the chamber, and then you know you go first. So he he pull, he he dumps dumps everything out, pops a bullet in, spins it, hands it back, and they commence the game. And you
1: you can feel the tension of with every every single time they pull the trigger.
2: It's it's the buildup of uh, each like that that trigger pull. The first one, the first one is like, oh, you know, because like it's it's he Sam Sam goes at it quick ish quicker than I, you know, like he's like, OK, this is this going to be bad. But he goes at it quick. The second one, when Reno goes at it, it's it's a little drawn out. He's thinking about it like oh, this. This could, you know, he's like he's weighing the odds in his head. Right. He's thinking about it. He's uh, it's it is roulette. He's watching a wheel spin. A real, a real wheel spin with a ball bouncing in his mind. Where is it gonna drop? He's got some odds. He's trying to figure it out. And then he says that he says he says, "Hey man, I gotta think. Thinking's part of the game, you know." Like that's that's part of the, it. Through. Yeah, before you pull the trigger, you gotta think about it. And then pulls the trigger. Nothing happens. There's that moment of like the tension of like, okay, he hands it back. And and now Sam has to. He's going through this like, oh, you know, how do you like these odds? How do you like these odds, Sam? One now, out of three. One out of three. Can you handle that? You could walk away now. You could just pack it up and leave. And, and you can
1: definitely you could definitely see the the gates the one, what's it the one 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 upsmanship. Each time yeah. that the the trigger pulls and it doesn't go off, you can see like you can see the other one trying to trying to get
2: the other one to either just do it or just to uh, to walk away. And it's like, at any point, like, I mean, these are two grown men. They have <laughs> what, who knows what their lives are like outside of this, this evening, this moment, the the fact that they've, they've both come to the same place and they both want to gamble, whatever it is, they, they just, they want to one up the other one, but they, they have all this other stuff in their lives. But this moment to them is the most important thing to just basically like have this, this pissing contest with the other guy. And Sam pulls it back, lets it go. Nothing happens. Hands it back to Reno. Reno is just about this this is the one where he's just about to go and uh, he, he's, 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 hes he's getting getting ready to do his spin or his, his, uh, his run on the roulette table here, if you will. and a car pulls up, right? <laughs> and uh, this guy is like, Hey, you want me to leave the keys in it? You know he's on a date. He's like he's living the best life that he can. He's got a he's got a really nice looking car. It's a convertible. He's got a got a nice looking lady. He's in his best suit. He's going to the the, the establishment that they're at. He's had he's ready for a good night out. And then he's got these two guys that he thinks are parking lot attendants just Get standing there. out of here, hole. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, and it's it's so weird because the mood the mood of the scene changes so drastically. It, it goes from these two dudes that 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 hate each other so much that at, at the end of the night, you think, obviously, I mean, you, you know that one of them is going to be happy. The other one is dead, right? Because that's, that's the end outcome of Russian Roulette to the point where Reno is yelling at the guy, get out of here, you A. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, dude, I, I jumped it. I, I messed this up. It's not Reno that's that's pulling the trigger.
1: It um, no, it, it's uh, Sam that's pulling the trigger. Yeah, it is Sam that's pulling the trigger because yeah. he has the gun and he pulls the gun on the guy. Yeah. Oh, I messed it up. That's nah, fine. That's
2: fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. I I've screwed this up. My mind is my mind is mushy this morning. Oh God, this is this is what happens when you record with you don't know what time we're recording at. You don't care. <laughs> so so at this point. Sam looks at the guy, he's like, Hey, asshole, my friend, told you. And it's like they have now turned into this this friend unit that is telling this guy off. And they're they're having a moment. They're like super close. They're like on top of each other with a gun. And it's almost like they are like two people who have become one to tell this guy to screw off. Get the hell out of here. And he takes off in his car and they like, share this moment. And it's like, oh, they could just like literally, I was like, they could just walk away. They're friends now. They told this dude off. They had a good moment. They're both smiling like, ha ah, we've totally told that guy. And then it's like, snap of a finger, back to business. Now That's it's a... time. Pull the trigger. Get this done.
1: And then when the, it doesn't go off, this, I think Sam's when he's like, tries to get uh, Reno to, to stand down. He's like, it's only a 50-50 chance. So
2: uh, stand down and you, you don't have to go through this all. Yeah, just like just you know, you can like now it's your turn. Just walk away, and he's like, "No, no, no, I'm not gonna do it."
1: But uh, no, but then he's like, uh, "You know what? Fifty-fifty chance. I'll do
2: it." <laughs> I like the like odds. Yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay with it. So he grabs it. He goes. He goes, and he and he runs with it, and and nothing happens, and it's I'm... like, what? <laughs>
1: Well, no, uh, uh, I think Sam gets the last bullet right because one, two, no, no, three, it was, four.
2: Uh, it it uh, I messed up the I messed up the floor the so yeah.
1: it, well it, the the whole it, thing Sam, is that the the bullet we found out the bullet is a dud either way, so no matter what chamber it was in, it was not gonna go
2: off off it was Reno at the end, and mm-hmm. Reno's losing he's losing his business on Sam. like you knew all along these were duds. These were bad bullets. They weren't gonna. You knew that you rigged this thing. These odds were bad. There was nothing. There was that. This is this game was rigged from the get go. I can't even handle this. We're done. Okay. And then they finally like they they walk away or they're gonna walk away. And then that's when Reno uh, Sam Sam says, "You know what we could do? Why don't we just do what we do best? Why don't we play? Uh, uh what are they? they chop poker. Uh, chop, chop poker." and then it's like they go in and it scene changes they're inside again they're sitting at the table dude's dealing the cards they're at a doctor's and, office are they at a doctor's office yeah there's a I doctor there yeah i didn't realize that i thought they were at the back in the back in the back room oh you
1: know what no no you're right you're right they are they are in a secluded spot but they have a doctor near them
2: yeah so yeah. so they're back there and he's dealing out the cards it seems it it seems like a legit game of poker people Legit game of poker. The kind of game that my dad would have just sat down and played. No problem at all. Except for, if you got a bad hand, you literally have a bad hand. Time to put them up. And when I say put them up, you're not losing anything out of the pot. You're losing the pinky. Because uh, Sam has to get chopped first.
1: What What if, did you think of, uh, of the... Uh... The, the the what's it called the effects here
2: uh, chopping the fingers off oh you know i i thought it i thought it, it popped pretty good <laughs> <laughs> i liked it i like the way that they they did that i liked um I honestly like okay so uh side note to uh a couple things because the reason why i picked this episode there's a few things like that really hit the touch notes right so like gambling big in my family um i know it sounds really weird my dad big card room guy so i love when it comes to cards i i dealt cards in college to to get through school so like uh jack and stuff so like do what cards did travis like say that. i don't know travis what'd you say dealt cards a, in
0: college.
2: yes yes before i was a clown i was a, I was a blackjack dealer at
0: the same time
2: while. oh I did, I did i did i i did i and then and then later i when i was a clown i did blackjack dealing as well. I'm picturing that right now and
0: how terrifying that is.
2: And, <laughs> and yeah, uh, blackjack dealing card clou- card carrying clown. It's a weird thing. So and you were parking. a black dealing, uh, black a blackjack
1: jack. dealing clown that carried around a, a butcher's knife or a, a cleaver? No,
2: we, never, we never played shot poker. Nor my dad or <laughs> shop poker. God, I would have like, lost if I found out that he was playing like some weird shit like that. But, uh, so he, uh, so, um, to get back on track the uh um the way that they when when they're chopping the fingers and stuff like that uh when i was a kid i had uh cut my pinky my own pinky almost off carving a oh, pumpkin Oh my God. so uh, knowing how that uh, like I, I had to go to the hospital I had to reattach stuff i can't use my pinky like a normal person because of that um had like multiple surgeries to have it have it you know like fixed um Severed, like cut it down to the bone, so it wasn't completely off. But I, I did a number on my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, but the the sound, like he, the 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 he wasn't freaking out. He was just like, <gasps> uh, that's that's like the reality because you're like you kind of go into shock for a minute. You're like, oh, did I just do that? And then the blood comes out. And you're like, oh yeah, I cut myself. This isn't good. <laughs> and you're like looking down and blood just kind of like shooting out of your hand, and that's like, I mean that that was a great. The effect was good his face his reaction it was almost like he knew so
1: it's it's one of those things that i i can deal with gore i can deal with any type of gore on 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 tv on 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 film what gets to me is damage to the to the fingers and to the toes i I just can't deal i can't deal with it
2: Uh oh you know, like, I like I think like uh, anytime that there's a, a movie or show where like in like misery or something like that when she's smashing feet and mm-hmm. stuff or like I'm uh, cause you use your feet so much you stand on everything and like anytime somebody like just the idea of somebody running around a ball peen hammer smashing your toes and just breaking every single bone in your toe, just with a little tiny baby ball peen hammer, just snap, 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 snap. <laughs> I don't know. Saul, how do you feel? How do I feel don't. about
1: you don't like it? But, no yeah no I don't like it um in uh, and just going back to 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 uh like let's say a movie um the the remake of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. when um when Leatherface pulls up the I guess it's, I don't know if it's the one of the the kids or the one of the uh, the officers and he the officer grabs his grabs the wall and like scratches oh. through it and is yeah, they, yeah. they show they show a close up of the nail coming off yeah. Oh, like, oh, that whole movie does not bother me. That little, yeah. that scene where that nail coming off, yeah. I like, just can't deal with it. Um, a misery, yeah, yeah the, the 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 foot thing, I can't, I can't deal with it. Um, there's, yeah. there's just a couple of things. Um, even like, I don't know if you've seen those, those uh, videos on YouTube where the wrestler will
2: jump down and his like ankle gives out. Yep. Mm-mm. I can't, I can't do that. Bad news. So not good, not good, not yeah. good. All right. Uh, jump back on track. So, um, so the effects and stuff like that are great, but they play through uh, the hand, if you will, or hands, and uh, <laughs> they get to a point where they've got no more fingers. They're been chopped. It it closes that scene and it opens back up, and now they're playing checkers. At a at a hospital, and they've got no arms. They've got they're just basically nub people. They've got no <laughs> arms. They've got no legs. They, I, I don't know what else they've chopped off. I really don't want to know, nor do I care. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa! <laughs> a dick joke, Craig. A dick joke in this classy podcast. Of class <laughs> and you bring a dick joke. Next thing you know, you're making fun of fat guys.
2: Or yeah. you already did that, or did. Oh.
1: That uh we went we we jumped off the we jumped off the rails right off the bat with the with the but uh this is i mean what what did you think of this of this episode travis
0: um it's forgettable <laughs>
1: <laughs> is this the one that you didn't like
0: no no actually this okay. one's fine it's just like this is so you know if you if you if he, Greg's working on a horror anthology so I don't know your background, but this is the stuff you write for horror anthologies this exactly. is exactly what you should expect from tales from the crypt
1: yeah right it was
0: middle of the road tales from the crypt if it was a comic this would be uh, one of the comics in it probably 16 to 24 pages or uh, actually probably eight pages uh, but anyways uh it, just it's just cut it down just yeah,
2: like, it, <laughs> he chopped it
0: yeah it's just like you know you do a bunch of nine panels for this guy just to, to show them doing their little tense moments I think, it like like I said earlier, this one was made by a whole group of people who did Aliens together just a couple years before. So almost everyone involved with the, this episode is somehow associated to the movie Aliens in the background. Uh, it wasn't, the last episode was, you know, James Cameron, who's also associated with Aliens. But this is the director of Aliens. Um, uh, this is the, uh, 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 this is what's his name? There's a, like the sound guys from the Aliens franchise, the producers, the director. there's was the producer, and oh man, it's just a lot of aliens guys. A lot of aliens. It's not a great episode.
1: I actually like this one only, uh, <laughs> only because of the like I said, watching it as a kid, I I um, I saw it coming, but it's still like I think it's more more than the the ending. I like the. The, the guys, the the actors and um, yeah. just the, the willingness that they will, they're willing to kill themselves to try to up um, each other. to beat each other. Yeah. And at the actors. very, even at the very end they're they are all they have is each other. Now they're, they're in this, I'm assuming it's a, a psych ward. Cause yeah. I mean, who else would, would, would do this to themselves to, to try to beat their, their, their frenemy. Um, and they're still arguing over the checkers uh, right. with, with Reno still, being real real methodical on his moves and and sam being really impatient with him um as he's as he's trying to make those moves
0: yeah it's, oh go ahead sorry no yeah, yeah go, no go ahead no, so, like it, it's fine it's for me it's just so middle of the road like mm-hmm. it's entertaining this is why you watch yeah. Tales from the crypt. exactly right.
1: exactly and, and i think that i think this is this is why i do like it is because this is exactly what you expect from tossing the crypt um it's it's not the the best it's not the worst but it is exactly what you expect to to come from from
2: Toasting the grip yeah it's that it's the, the quintessential episode it's the, the that that feeling of like okay this is uh this is funny it's 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 almost absurd you know the fact that they would that somebody would do that but then again you know people that are all about the w they don't want the l and these guys go hard
1: now these and these are the people that would be um would be would
2: be in in rat race right the the, the, the oh. high stake rollers. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, they would be cannonball runners for sure. <laughs> oh god, for sure. Okay, I remember my my the Lance Hedrickson thing. So uh, several years ago, Ann and I were doing uh, Crypticon. So my wife does; she has her shop. But she, before that, she was doing; she does like shows that she travels to and stuff like that, and sets up uh, like mini pop ups and stuff. And Crypticon is a horror convention, uh, and she was doing a horror convention. Lance Hendrickson was the one of the special guests, and they had, like, this big morning breakfast brunch thing on one of the mornings. And afterwards, they opened the show floor for all the special guests and the brunch people. So we had to be there early so that these people could come and walk the floor. Really didn't think, like, the special guests would be walking the floor that much during the, during the morning, just the, the people who did the brunch and we're setting up and getting everything together and i'm in the back of the booth and she's in the front and she's helping this gentleman and he's like oh i really like all the things that you have here i like this i like this this is really cool this will probably sell yeah this is really cool i really like your stuff and they're having this whole conversation just very nonchalant and she's just like oh well thank you so much you're very nice and he walks away and i was like did that-, that was lance henderson <laughs> she- <laughs> <laughs> Every- you have no idea who he was <laughs> I, I, I i shit you not and travis has probably seen her do this before too as shows like she she has talked to more more people and like david can attest to this too uh she has talked to more more famous people just that come up and talk to her and she has no clue who they are <laughs> and so she doesn't get starstruck she doesn't care like because she doesn't like she just doesn't know it's not that she doesn't it's not that she doesn't care like but she just doesn't she doesn't pay attention to a lot of the. Like she lives in pop culture, but she doesn't like associate. Like when she sees them in real life, she doesn't like. Is it's just no another person.
0: They're the real person. I don't yeah. There's no there's no connection there for her.
2: Yeah. yeah. She doesn't and she doesn't put him and she doesn't like she doesn't like explode on them like uh like like in a weird way. I don't know in that sense. Like she doesn't like do the the fan the fangirl.
0: The starstruck.
2: Yeah. So it was just like they could have a normal conversation and she's I think that's probably like refreshing for some of the people that she's met because she's just like, oh cool. Thanks. You know, just having a normal conversation with you.
1: All right. So next episode. Um unfortunately this one's mine.
0: <laughs>
1: Three's a crowd. This one from season two, episode five. Air date was May first, nineteen ninety. This one came from shock suspense stories. The cutting cards was from was actually from Tells from the Crypt and the um, Dead Right. Let me look at it real quick was from Shock Suspense Stories as well. So this one, um, not my
0: This is terrible.
1: <laughs> well I, I think we can go through this pretty quickly because there's not really a lot to go through with this one. It's a a husband who is pretty much down on the down on their luck, a uh, husband and wife down on their luck. Um, he is jealous of his friend who has um, been able to just make a lot of money. Um, he's been able to be able to buy buy the stuff he wants, and he is he feels like his friend is one upping them with his wife since he's out, he's taking her out to go buy stuff that he can't buy her. He's paying for their trip for their anniversary, which he can't pay for, and he's starting to think that they are starting to have an affair. It comes it turns out that the friend actually w- lost his chance with his wife which is why i feel the husband feels this way that he's going to lose them to the best friend because they already they already had kind of a a history i guess yeah yeah history the whole episode is played out like they're made you're made to believe that they are having an affair they're being real sec- secretive they're ahead yeah, uh, he
0: the head with it
1: yeah it, it, it's it's such a thing that knowing tells from the crypt you know it's not it's not a thing but they're they're just throw they're just throwing you they're trying to throw you for, for for a swerve and um the guy playing the husband he for for being a Tells on the crypt he plays it out plays it way over the top and um which is hard for tells in the crypt and um i don't didn't really like this guy playing the the character um he he's actually in happy days chuck cunningham um I know I've seen him
0: on a lot of different things. I just don't remember.
1: You only where remember
0: him. from one thing, because I had to think about this, guys. He is the security guard from Superman 3 that gets drunk with Richard Pryor. Yes. Right. Yes. That's yeah. where everyone, as soon as you saw him, your brain went, I know this guy. That's where you remember him from. Like, are you, I know this guy, but I don't know where I know him from. Right, because you only remember him from one thing. He gets yeah. drunk with Richard Pryor, and he's the guy that Richard Pryor has to turn the other key with. He does that weird thing with the dual keys.
2: No, I remember him I remember him from uh from uh <laughs> Voyager, Star Trek Voyager.
0: He's a bad actor, guys. <laughs> Always I, bad.
1: Oh, he was in Willow.
2: Yeah, he was in
0: Willow.
1: Yeah. What was uh, he
0: in Willow, Unforgettable Man.
1: I'd have to I'd have to look it up to see who he is. Just... He puts it in his head that this is going on. At the end of the day, they're going to have, they're going to talk to him about something. He overhears them saying they're going to talk to him about something. It wasn't the time to do it, but they're going to, they really need to talk to him about it. The, I guess the end of the story comes when the friend comes over to get him to go over to his cabin because he's paying for two cabins, one for him and one for his, his buddy. Comes over to get him to go to the cabin saying his wife is over there. They need to talk to him. This guy, which I don't even care what his name is in this, in this, um, i I don't care um yeah he he decides that that um i guess during the during the day he the care keeper kind of tells him like no i was told to keep you away from the other cabin he kind of gets into a fight with him the the wife and the friend come in and tell him you know you need to calm down they walk out they walk away from him with him saying you're you're the one that's having my my wife or whatever he looks up and sees the animal stuffed animals. Gets the idea that he's going to kill his friend. Uh, comes down with a crossbow, kills him with a crossbow. Wh- one crossbow to the stomach. Boom.
2: I don't, I, I don't know how fast he, someone would die from that, but that seemed really, really fast. I think he hit him in some in, some good internal organs. He, Maybe not. Uh, boom. Gut shot. <laughs>
0: yeah, I always die from intestinal wounds. <laughs> well, you know
2: what, what's more what's more
1: uh, what's more surprising than that is that after he killed him, he was able to hang him on the wall. I
2: don't know how he did that, but he was like actually in a very short amount of time too. He had crazy man jealous strength. He was like <laughs> being like a and he just like climbed up the wall with like his cat claws because he kinda looks like a cat and like cat down hung him up and he was <laughs> like Sorry. Shortly after the wife comes in, does this
1: go does the same thing, he goes after her she figures out what he did. Uh, what is he it like? Where's, um, I don't even know the name of the friend. Where's, what's his name? And then he's just like, oh, he's hanging around. And, of course, behind her, he's hanging on the wall. She runs away. He goes after her, strangling her and dragging her to uh, to the other cabin. Um, and, of course, there's
0: a surprise party going on on the other cabin. And
1: everyone's surprised. And he's just strangled
0: her. It's got buried, guys. There's a There was a setup and a lead that got buried. Uh-huh. I don't know if you guys remember it because this is such a forgettable episode. But the very, very beginning, he's upset. And the reason he thinks he's going to lose her is he's been unable to give her a baby. Mm. The very first sentences in that episode is about him not being a good enough man for her because uh. he can't give her a child. And then the best friend calls and he goes in the living room and mopes about it. Okay, and at the end of the episode, right? They're not throwing a surprise party just because they like him. Mm-hmm. It's a surprise. She finally got pregnant party, and the episode's called "Three's a Crowd," because the third isn't the friend. That's the trick of the of the uh, Tales from the Crypt. The third is the baby.
1: You see, I was so down it, this episode from oh, the yeah. very, very first time that I saw this. I didn't even notice what the surprise party was for.
0: Well, so I'm, I'm a script doctor, mm-hmm. so I looked for those cues and then saw the director bury it. He buries the entire thing. It's just so many pads, so much mood lighting, random push constantly towards the towards this this idea that he's. So when they leave the the the, the room, uh, they leave him behind, right? Mm-hmm. And they take off, and he's like, "I'm not the one fucking my wife or whatever," like that. He yells at her. That's a terrible point of direction because the very next scene is the best friend coming back like everything's okay. That's yeah. just bad directing. Mm-hmm. Like there's no resolution when someone yells at you, I-, I think you're fucking my wife. You don't just leave and then come back later to bring him to a surprise party. There has to be a resolution there, yeah. and the director doesn't do it because he's just not good at what he's doing. And the, the actor's kind of it. Of it. yeah. And like- I think
1: that's why why I was saying is like it makes no sense why these two would, would continue to let him believe that they're having an affair, especially when he's already kind of told them he believes that they're having
0: an affair. Yeah, and they isolate him the whole time. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Now, that could have been a directorial call because sometimes you do that when you're doing a movie. If you're doing, if the, so this is gonna sound weird, even though we're not doing a first-person story, uh, the director might be leaning on the lead character as the narrative teller, right? He's our narrative teller. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, maybe there, he's tr- the director is trying to show you that actually this is all really in his head. He's the one that's isolating himself. Yeah. He's not really being isolated, but I'm only showing it from him as a narrative tell. So it's more shocking to the, to the audience because at the end you're supposed to go, oh, really? They weren't being that bad. The reason was all this mood lighting, all these pads, all this weird isolation, and they seem normal is because he has some type of psychosis. But again, poorly delivered, poorly executed – there's no tells on the other end to give us an idea that that we're being manipulated as an audience.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say that is is if it, it would have worked if we can see that he was over overthinking this in his own mind. But the whole time, even we are being led to believe that this is happening. There's no way to distinguish what is real and what is fake. So if it is if it was supposed to be on his head, there's nothing for us to actually say oh yeah now i see it was all in his head or it was just him being paranoid or or whatever you know it's it's just the way it was it was shot it was just one straight there's no change there was no change in mood i guess is what i'm trying to say
0: yeah the whole thing's bad like just the the constant lighting the constant pads i hate pads especially in the 80s that was a big thing to use those pads i don't know if you Mm -hmm. guys want to talk about pads um uh sine wave tonal music Mm -hmm. create mood Instead of uh, an actual score,
2: just, yeah, the the dump of sound, is like, Whoa.
0: yeah, yeah, and uh, they used to do that a lot. They, somebody got obsessed with synthesizers and got mm-hmm. the work out, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what's, what's killing me is like, okay, like, every, we all agree, episode wise, not not that not that great. The fact that we can talk about it so much, it speaks volumes that there's. That it's there's something that I talk about. I'm looking at the IMDb rating for it. It's seven point five out of ten. Oh, so that makes I wonder, like, <laughs> do people really like? Okay, the the fact that this is like kind of a, a creep story, right? In a sense, like the guy, obviously, he's like he's having a, a break mentally. He's not fulfilling his the desire to be able to father a child. He thinks that his wife is cheating on him with his best friend. The best friend could have had an opportunity to be with this guy's wife. There's so many different ways to go about that. People love that crap. So obviously it's like, I mean, that's that. And and it's like so weird that people like that kind of stuff and not weird, but it's like,
0: well, here's the thing. As, as a 7.5, if you look through those ratings, they're all almost the same. Yeah. Where the episode's good or bad. It's going to have a 7.5, 7.4. Uh, what is interesting is I think that that goes back to the punchline. Uh, the punchline is that it's a baby party after he murders his wife, who's pregnant with a baby. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, knowing true crime like I do, yeah. that's a really liked trope. That's a really well received trope. So well, the punchline to that, someone goes, Oh, uh, this is after a half hour of freaking pads and emo music, you know, and like, uh, so it's totally worth it. But it's not. It's what bad. I was going
1: to say is that this. This particular story reminds me of the uh, urban legend, where the um, the creepy kind of handsy boss is um, being led on by the uh, secretary to go to go to her, her house or whatever. So he goes to their house and uh, he gets naked and comes out comes out to her when it's like a anniversary party that his wife was was actually um, setting up. So he's just yeah. standing there with all the coworkers and all that, and he's just butt naked. Uh, so that that's what this reminded me of uh except that they like try to pull pull a, a a twist on it and yeah. i guess i mean i guess the 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 sense i mean i guess a story is there to tell i just don't think it was done
2: effectively i i do i do like the fact it's just a crowd it could go one one of, or one of two ways where it's three like him the wife and the baby is a crowd or the fact that he killed his wife, his best friend and the baby.
0: Stop being so positive on this episode, Greg. It's terrible.
1: Well, (laughs) you know, what's worse. What you tell me that that, that episode has a 7.5. Is that the next episode has a 6.6.
2: What? And that's even, that's a good episode.
1: (laughs) Uh, People. uh, I, I, I I don't have uh, any hope for this, for this world.
0: (laughs) punchline. Like, just doing a lot of true crime. The reason people like that episode is they go, oh, he killed his wife and his baby, and it's a surprise party. It's five seconds, and that's the only thing doing it for that fandom.
2: I think also it builds up from, like, a soap opera feel. Like, they're in this lush, lavish hotel room with all this great stuff, and then it goes to the to the cabin that, that um, The Great Outdoors was filmed at, and everybody's like, oh, I know that place. I love that place. Let's murder some people here. I think I think I'm I'm done with that episode. <laughs>
1: um yeah, I mean I remember even when I first watched it I was like, oh yeah, I mean um yeah, that happened. Uh I never really I was never really a fan of that episode from the beginning and I should have remembered that that that's what that episode was. I just it just uh when I was choosing the episodes I was like, oh, well, let's choose from one here and I didn't even think about
2: about the episode itself. And I will say when I when I when I started it, I thought it was Gary Busey, and I was like, "Sweet Gary Busey." And then when I realized <laughs> it wasn't Gary Busey, I was like, "Oh, it's not Gary Busey." Oh no! I was like, "Oh, not Gary Busey." I
1: I I just feel like the less we talk about this, the more. Even though we've already talked about quite a bit more than we thought we would of last yeah. episode. Right. Um, <laughs> let Let's talk about the thing from the grave. Um, episode six, season two. Uh, air date is May eighth, nineteen ninety. Um, this is from Tales from the Crypt. It's number 22. I'll let Travis, um, pick this one up.
0: So, so first I gotta say that this is the second favorite episode of these four. Uh, I actually like the first episode more than this one, but on a side note, this one has Terry Hatcher at her prime in it. Yep. And uh. If anyone doesn't know who Terry Hatcher is, you're not an old man it's all old men <laughs> 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 yeah yeah I, I
1: remember being in love in, in love with the, this episode because of that
0: yeah that's 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 the best thing going for this episode that and uh what's his name miguel farah from ncis yes yeah. yes he's oh in it doing a james wood in pre- james woods in pre- <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: and he's doing a, he's doing better than james woods it's like yeah. Gosh, dude, you are
0: awesome. I was thinking about this. This is around the time James Woods was at his height, at his yep. height. And I just get this terrible feeling that uh, Miguel Ferreira saw him somewhere and knew him, or was around him in Hollywood. It was like, that guy's an asshole. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be that guy. <laughs> uh, so like literally, I think. Did you see this one came from one of the one of the actual issues? This was a, a pickup from the for, issue.
1: From the for the most part, every single episode it comes from one of the three or four uh, EC Comics. Um Not necessarily from Telling the Crit, but they all come from it from a source. Of, uh, it was originally a comic book.
0: Uh, so, th- but this one came from okay because I, I I I'm gonna say some terrible things right now that someday someone's gonna go back to find his podcast. He said this, but. I feel like this one was written by some guy with a neck beard and a fedora. <laughs> it was uh, A hipster before the hipsters. No, no, not the hipster. The, the, the oh. guy, nice guy. Oh, okay. This was Written by a quote, nice guy. And I don't like using that term. Cause I, I think that's abused sometimes to so just put anyone who's just a good person into that category. But, but this is literally the, 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 the guy who watched way too many movies and think this is, this is what a good, this is what a good man is.
2: Oh, you so, double-
1: so you're saying, you're saying the the, the photographer is the one that wrote this.
0: Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh man. So like, it, 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 Terry Hatcher's character is so like, uh, in peril that it's, it's kind of like annoying and it's, Oh man, this thing just really feels like bad writing. Like, like this is what somebody writes when they want to write something romantic and they've never had a romantic moment in their life.
1: It's one of those things that on a a TV show you'll have like that little, um, like the little glittery thing overlay on it. Yeah.
0: The romantic music removed back, uh, 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 like a um, a light uh, wall at one point Mm -hmm. in the episode. All right, so let me me, let's catch the episode. So. Got Terry Hatcher and Miguel Ferrer, and it's got a guy in it who I can't think of anything this guy's in, and he's terrible in it playing the lead photographer. Terry Hatcher plays a supermodel. Uh, this so again, the episode comes out around the time when supermodels were a thing. Um, so uh, they're doing a shoot. Uh, Miguel Ferrer shows up looking like James Wood, sounding like James Wood, talking like James Wood, and <laughs> just, just a quick Idea, they oh, and there's Japanese investors because this is like as 80s as it gets. There's Japanese investors there, there are supermodels, they're shooting for a beer. The guy's like, Hey, let me put the beer in the other hand, you know, because that's gonna make a difference. But,
1: but if, if you're saying, like, if we think about it in, in the light, you're like, you said, this is that, that ultimate good guy um, fantasy. the. the let me put the beer in my other hand. Kind of, kind of uh, line is kind of like telling down that that jock or that that really good looking guy that you that you don't like because he's the one that always gets the girls. That's the kind of kind of yeah. uh, line that you would write for that kind of person.
0: Right, right. And then and then of course James Wood shows up and he just interrupts and starts telling her what to do. And he literally says, uh, "How about you turn and give them a little taste of the butt." I was like a taste of the butt. I'm like, <laughs> like wow. He said that. That's a line in yeah. this episode. <laughs> a taste of the butt. Anyways. Uh so he's just a he's a pig. Like he's a worse pig than the guy from the other episode we listened to. And he he has it dialed to eleven. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then the nice guy's all like he says something witty to him that makes James Woods like character thing, which is like Alferra. I'm going to call him James Woods. Miguel does such a good job in this. <laughs> yes. James Woods. There's no way to separate him from being James Woods. You're going to think you're watching James Woods. <laughs> you I is, think,
1: I think he's been able to play this type of character so many times, though. Um, I, I remember
0: every saw this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I,
1: um, I, he comes out in also in uh it's another Stephen King. Uh, well, not another Stephen, It's a Stephen King movie. Um, uh the night flyer or it's a, oh,
2: the, the it's a vampire,
0: vampire. you'll be like that's james woods
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay i had to i had to stop for a second so the guy that the the the, the guy that plays the the photographer uh kyle secor um there he he did play he did have a wealth of stuff in the past but um the uh the things that stand out uh basically like uh, uh party of five which i'm sure travis is probably not in your wheelhouse um nope. he was the mainstay down there um and uh the gates which is like a horror tv show where a family moves to a neighborhood which is essentially like all the monster families live there and there's all sorts of weird shit witchcraft monsters werewolves vampires all that stuff and they're like the normals quote unquote so it's an interesting that's a that's a pretty interesting show one season but uh pretty neat and then most recently like uh um he was uh, in Grey's Anatomy for a couple couple episodes, but uh, Purge Election Year, he was the minister, uh, Minister Edwidge Owens. So if you've watched that, and then also on The Flash and Veronica Mars, so you on The Flash? Yeah, uh, Thomas Snow, icicle, huh. and then uh, in Veronica Mars, if you watch the 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 um, Veronica Mars, uh, basically like. Pretty much everything from the previous, the past seasons, all the way up to the newest, uh, he was Jake Kane, so he pops up through through all those.
0: I have no idea what any of that stuff is. I'm terrible. No worries. <laughs> I just wanted to give the I
2: wanted to give give the the
0: the man some some credit. I mean, I'll give credit to the to the to the the beer guy. That guy's in that Tacoma PD fire department show. <laughs> is he really? Yeah, yeah. I, guess I, I haven't watched the show, so I don't know.
2: It's funny. His, his his title in here is Bohunk.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all he does. He has like one line about, if I put the can in the other hand, party down or something like that. He but, was a part
1: of uh, Mike Tyson Mysteries.
0: I don't, is that a real thing? That's a That's a <laughs> real thing. It's Mike Tyson Mysteries. Oh, yeah. It's where I put my beer.
2: Oh, he I was think. in the mick. Oh, my gosh. I love that show. Sorry. <laughs> this guy who I do
0: not like is the most popular. Terry Hatcher's in this, guys. Terry Hatcher. Yeah, number yeah, yeah. hottest women of all time. If you don't know Terry Hatcher,
2: you should go look her up. Stay search only.
0: Stay search only. Uh, <laughs> you only get to search with Terry Hatcher, actually. Uh Wait, deep fakes are a thing now. Never mind. Yeah, she, um, oh, she was in the Radio Shack commercials. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she's in the Radio Shack commercials. Uh She just released a... Anyways, point, point is. So she plays a, a, a supermodel, which is also interesting because I don't know... I was trying to look this up after watching watched the episode, but it seems like in the 80s, before she was in Lois and Clark, she'd been a body double in Hollywood. And I remember an interview with her where she was talking about doing that kind of work. Wow. So, but I couldn't find the interview and I couldn't find any more information on it. But it seems like in the 80s, she was a body double. She was known in Hollywood for being like insanely beautiful. And of course, the episode starts out going right to the point she's in a bikini. Yeah. A shoot. And James Woods is like, her boyfriend slash manager slash fiance, you know, and you guys, you guys are watching wrestling. Oh, yeah. Who Paul, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who? Paul Heyman. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He owns a women's modeling agency on the side. Really? And all I can think about is I wonder if this is how Paul Heyman is with his girls. <laughs> Like he's just like, Oh yeah, I'm her manager. Oh yeah, 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 I'm the Oh she's so hot. Oh look at her, look at her. Don't look at her, she's mine. You know, like what the shit. Anyways, so good guy photographers like you know, says something to him, of course it makes him stumble because good guy photographer is just such a good guy. He just says something that reminds James Woods of of how stupid he really is. And then he goes up to Terry Hatcher's like, Hey, does he ever get kind of rough? And she's like, oh. And of course, that's all she needed was someone to say something to her and point out that her boyfriend's a complete fucking pissant bitch. Pish. Pish, I made that word up. (laughs) So then of course he he lets it go because it's not his place. And then she shows up to his apartment because she just needs somebody. And Mm -hmm. he's there for her. And then he's like, I got this Mayan necklace from an old hand lady, and it's, you know, for you. and It'll always remind you that I will. Oh, girl, he's known her for like an hour at this point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, and she seems dumb as rocks. Okay. She's literally, this is Terry Hatcher at her worst. She's doing the facetal voice thing, the big eye thing all the time. And he's all like, yeah, girl, there's something special about you. You know, you're hot. Like, literally, that's all she has going for her as a character. She's really hot, and she's been in a bikini in front of him. So he's like, I'm going to give you this Mayan medallion thing and tell you some story about how I'm always be there for you. And they set it up, and it's like silhouettes on a light background of a sunset, you know, and it's got, again, pretty pad music for romance. And then, of course, she goes back. No, he gets a call uh, from James Woods, and he's all like, oh, she's in trouble, dude. Like, you're, he's your friend, dude. He's not your friend. And he shows up to go save her to help, I think, to help James Wood's character, the James Woods character, but doesn't bring a gun. I'm like, that sounds like a setup, dude. That sounds like you're about to go get, mur- oh, oh, look, you got murdered. You got right. murdered. <laughs> yeah. You know, by the violent boyfriend who said that he needed to help him with her.
2: I she- love it. The, the lines like, is she okay? She is, but you're not. <laughs>
0: yeah, what the fuck did you think was gonna happen like you called out the guy first time you saw him you know you just banged her on the side you know that he probably found out you know that he's setting you up and you're gonna show up and not bring a gun.
2: right he races there in his car like he's like
0: I want and, to save her he trusts him he trusts him to believe that that's who that guy would call anyway so he gets murdered It cuts back and it's like her and him and James uh, um um was it miguel ferro, or mm-hmm. ferro? Mm-hmm. he does a really good job of being manipulative he actually does a really good job of being like oh i know what's lost between us that's how those guys are so i'm like wow that part's actually really good right fedora guy is really really fedora guy but this guy's acting is carrying the script right yeah. now and terry Hatcher's just being pretty and i feel bad for her for that because she's such a good actress,
2: she I, really I, is. If you haven't seen her in in anything, go watch. That. Lo, well.
0: Lois and Clark,
1: Lois
2: and Clark, Small, not Smallville, Supergirl, Lois, Lois and Clark. Yes, is
0: that it was she in that one.
2: Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um,
0: she's just a rock star. Anyways, yep. but uh, so then he's like, oh well, you know, blah blah blah. I killed him. Oh wait, she goes back to find him. He's like, "Oh, I, I you know, come. I'm gonna tie you up, take you to the cabin where I killed him," which means it's like, okay, this is getting weird. Why? Why would he set it up to admit it to her? Then he puts her in her underwear. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not really explained why she has to be put in her underwear to be tied up. Other than it's Terry Hatcher tied up in her underwear. Maybe that's it. Anyways,
1: director's wish.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, first she's in a bikini, then she's in underwear tied up. And then he goes out because something's going on outside, but it's the dude that he he killed because he's brought back to life. He crawls out of the grave. And then like, they have a fight that goes on forever. Ever. That uh, is a really... That is like one of those fights where like, they, they shot coverage, and then when they got back, they realized that the, the episode was going to be short, so they just started cramming all the coverage into it. Mm-hmm. And she comes out as he's being pulled in the grave, and he's like, I'm not dead. Which I thought was actually a pretty clever lie for that character yeah. to tell. <laughs> I'm not dead! And then he rubs the necklace that she's still wearing as she makes the realization. Oh, hey, that's your shot, dude. That's your uh, your Tales from the crypt shot. Yeah. That realization moment, and she's rubbing the Mayan necklace to show us and her that it was him. He All along. From the grave. The guy she knew for like Four hours. Plus, yeah.
1: how how long? Um, what was the wait time between the time he got killed and th- and this?
0: It's a couple days.
1: Because he's Cause already he, really, really badly decomposed.
0: She he says on the phone with, uh, it's been a week. Oh, okay, okay. You've yeah, been, been gone for a week and he hasn't answered. Yeah, you know, you know, I know that things are bad between, and that's where he starts the manipulation thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that guy carries this. This like this episode. If it wasn't for him, it would just be Terriette. Hatcher tied up. Oh, side note. So her boyfriend goes out. There's a lot of noise going on outside, right? Mm -hmm. You take the time to put Terry Hatcher in her underwear and tie her up on a bed, okay? So you obviously want to put her in her underwear and put her on a bed because that's the type of director you are, right? Now she's outside. She hears a noise. She gets free from the ropes while they're fighting this very long fight. Then when she comes out of the house, any other horror director on Earth would have had her run out of the house after she got untied. Yeah. The Tammy Patches character puts her fucking pants on, puts her shirt back on, puts her coat on, fixes her hair, and does her makeup, and then comes out of the house, which is why the fight takes a long. It does take a while. Yeah, she should have just ran out in her underwear, like that's what anyone else would have done. It would have made t- sense, yeah. but like she's fully dressed and properly prepped.
1: The only time her. that the only time that she comes out dressed and it's like. It's the wrong time to be dressed.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Like that's the, that's the one you lose the girl running out of the house in her underwear screaming moment, which is like classic horror, you know? So anyways, uh, the episode's not that great except that I just, Miguel Ferreira is great in it. Yes. But man, the cringe moments with the, with the the quote unquote romance, Mm -hmm. dude, dude, there's nothing that special about her. She's literally said nothing to you. The entire time you've known her and you're white knighting it. It's a, fancy, a
1: fascination uh, thing more than anything else. Uh, the opening segment for this episode is uh, the Crypt Keeper looking at Play Dead.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With ghouls.
1: Yeah. And you've, you've caught me checking out one of my ghoulie magazines. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the end of the day, at the end of the episode, um, I would have called it Tonight's Fear Fable A Boy Meets Ghoul Story Except that this time The boy was the ghoul So That, that was Yeah <laughs> That was well, his line in This one
0: That's That's what I call A romance Or something like that I'm like yeah. Uh Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> like what Well it's well, it's a
2: Cryptkeeper <laughs> Yeah <laughs> uh, He talks on his neck A lot
0: He talks on his neck
1: um overall um i this is this is where we we have had to been david what this is the reason why i think we started doing these again is because he had never seen these um yeah. so this is where we normally would have asked him are you going to continue watching them and i think he had already told us yes he's going to continue watching because there's nothing like this right now although i gotta say uh creep show on 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 chiller i uh, on mm-hmm. um Fear uh Shutter. Um right. did a really good job at uh doing the anthology. Um not every single story is is uh, knocks out of the park, but uh they do a good job at, at um doing the horror
0: anthology. He's reminding me of creep show movie. Sorry. Yeah, well I Creepshow. mean uh That's something about it's getting some cake
1: the creep show the, the the movie both part 1 and part 2 the it's from the mind of Stephen King and and uh, George Romero and it was to, to go back to the old tales from the crypt kind of feel um is, well the the comic books and then they tried to get the sh- make it into a show and it didn't happen they lost the na- the rights to the name
0: yeah
1: so i don't know if you ever seen uh tales of the dark side
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I have that actually. It's funny. I have that in my bathroom right now, the VHS. <laughs> Isn't that weird? The the movie. Or, yeah, the movie. Okay, well,
1: that is actually considered more of a, a third part to uh, Creepshow than yeah. Creepshow three. Creepshow three is not considered a, a, an actual sequel to to Creepshow. Can you
0: stop cussing in front of me? I, I don't. I don't want to hear those words again. Which one? Don't say them. <laughs> okay you <laughs> well, three the three there. just i'm trying not to say the words there's three words that involve all the three
1: mm-hmm. okay yeah. <laughs> the, the third part um
0: uh, the not third part
1: oh uh, yeah gotcha i'm scared to so i
2: don't know <laughs> <laughs> Solo doesn't know so hasn't been
0: around the travis he he's travis brought up the worst movie I've seen ever to destroy a franchise, ever. Uh,
1: Creepshow 3? <laughs> oh!
0: I asked you
1: not to say it. He um, did. Now it's going to come to life again. Oh, yeah. Oh, I said three times, didn't I? Um, but yeah, that, 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 uh, if you hit a chance to um, watch the, the TV show Creepshow now, 2019, um, it's been renewed for an- another, uh, another season. I think I'm going to be doing um, reviews for that whether it be part of the show or part of like mini episodes or something, I, I, I still haven't decided, but I do want to do do those. Um,
2: we should do those on our live, on our live feed. And yeah, if we, if we can,
1: yeah, just randomly, us. just randomly talking about it. Hopefully, yeah. people actually come in to talk. If we can hear each other and actually talk to each other on that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out guys. We'll figure out live show. We've been going, we've been talking about, we've been talking about almost two hours now. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah um we're gonna we're gonna continue doing uh of the crypt I, the reason why i want to continue doing of the crypt is because i mean the name of the the podcast comes as as uh you know ripped from tales of the crypts and the crypt so you know yeah. Rip from rip from the story so so i want to do a, more of these episodes i do want to do more more uh programs um mm-hmm. i want to do some twilight, more of the twilight zone um not necessarily the new seasons but uh you know, classic seasons classic. the 80s seasons yeah. the 2000 yeah. uh what 2002 version of it there's a couple of episodes there that i really like um the 2019 version of it um yeah. there, there's a bunch of episodes that we, we can we can talk about um the outer limits i think is more sci-fi than anything else but it has some some creepy ones um you know a bunch of these horror anthology i love horror anthology i think it's my favorite um when it comes to horror is, the anthology is my favorite um but uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, Travis, uh, any any final words for uh, the four episodes that we watched today?
0: Uh, yeah, actually. Greg, earlier when you were describing your episode about the two gambling guys. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that thing you just did? Yeah. You used the term friend unit uh, when describing that. I yeah. would like to say right now. Copyright Travis Webb, friend unit.
2: Oh, Stop my God. Is that, that us? Together as a friend unit, unit? are we a friend
0: unit? You Can't say it. You gotta pay
2: me. But I copyrighted. Friend unit is my term now. Oh no! That's when we're like we're together. We're like a friend unit. unit. We're like it's almost like we're together. (laughs) Chop poker friend. Friend unit. I've said it now. I well when when you come visit me later sometime, I'll I'll give you the monies. Show up. Show up with a cleaver. Oh God,
0: no! Yeah, that reminded me. So, you guys. There, there is another uh, anthology that uses chop poker. Does anyone remember what it was?
2: No. What is it?
0: Four rooms. It's the Quentin Tarantino segment. Oh, did they play that? Did they? Oh, they they must have thrown back. They play poker for a finger (laughs) with uh, Bruce Willis. Interesting. I'm
1: looking that up now. The I'm looking for the scene now.
0: Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Four rooms. A hatchet as sharp as the. Oh, or maybe I should Gosh. click on it. This is the name of the clip. A hatchet as sharp as the devil himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that That's the name movie. of the clip.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had a a super long episode today. Yes. Um, we for those of you who, who uh, stayed tuned all this whole time, thank you very much. Um, we've been trying to get this even longer than what you guys have been hearing us i want to just go on record saying that
2: i did not mess up the intro uh greg did um, i did it was the time. <laughs> i'm the one it's it's almost like a throwback to some of our friends that do other other podcasts where they they do the, they have their awesome cute thing where they go back and forth or they do their thing and it's like and one one always mess one always messes up and the other one is perfect and this time the, it's just me. it's usually just me though being perfect is usually being quiet, and and I was supposed to be quiet, and I I blurted. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all was awesome. Um, all right. Well,
1: we'll we'll keep an ear out for the um, episode you're gonna do with our friends. Did oh you, yes. Did we even say that on this episode?
2: Did we, or can we? I think
1: it was. I think it was. I don't know. You tell me.
2: Did we? Uh, no, I don't. I well, I. I guess we could say, yeah, we'll be, uh, Travis, well, Travis and I are doing, we're going to cross promo, uh, Starlight with the amazing sisters that do a strange, I have a strange story podcast, uh, later on so that both of these podcasts will come out. So if you, if you want to hear more about Starlight and, and hear about some awesome strange stories that Travis and I have, then, uh, we will be talking with those ladies later on. Just, just let them know that I'll, uh, when I'm listening to it, I'll, I'll be, I'll be crying. Yeah, and we'll also do an apology moment <laughs> for not a problem with this. Uh, and, and this will be a moment of silence. Uh, we're sorry. As uh, and then, and then they'll say, "Oh, I guess we'll have to have you guys back again. Uh, we had such a great time. Uh, it's so a great to way to t-
1: great way to to make them feel bad to make us come back on.
2: Exactly. Well, I mean, it it is a it is that that type of thing. You know, we will come up with another movie to watch or or segment of a show to review or some random story. That...
1: We, they are supposed to come back. Um, and I've said it again. Oh my god! This is, they're they're supposed to be on for the tells uh, tells to, to uh, scary tales of scary telling the. Oh my god! I can't even talk. Scary, scary stories talk. in the dark. Yeah, which was sort of released a long long time ago, but then I got really god. busy. You got busy, and ugh.
2: Did you see it yet? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I got lost on the way to the theater.
1: No, no. I ha- I have it on um, Amazon Prime.
2: Okay. Oh, I uh, oh, I wait, bought oh. it. Wait, the um the the new movie or the uh the no 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 other... the 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 movie I I
1: that's where I buy my stuff now. Just buy it off of Amazon Prime. Hopefully they don't take it off and they can't watch it i
2: uh, spent money on it. Like the iTunes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah it happens people that's why i'm all about dead media dead media for life i'll get mine on vhs i got it on vhs dvd blu-ray laser disc beta max what else travis what do we we keep it on real real uh
0: that rca format that nobody remembers
2: lord i actually just sold one of those at the shop it's called something uh division select the disc i have one in the basement it's pretty sick. I got Tron on it. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Star Trek. Star, Star Trek. Star Trek.
0: When your movie starts skipping.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to go oh, play
0: my
1: ColecoVision.
2: Yeah. Ooh. hey. Do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, guys. Um, We'll let you all go. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us here, Travis. It was a pleasure having you. You guys keep an eye out for uh, for. We'll, we'll go ahead and and make sure you all know when the Kickstarter for Starlight comes out. Uh, if there's anything else that you are wanting to promote, let us know. Send me all the links that people on um, can click on them on the um, on the description of this of this episode. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>
0: are you a fan of things that go bump in the night chills up your spine paralyzed by fright thrilled by horror at the center of a chat then welcome to the nerds from the crypt podcast